Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Kenna and I didn't kill our wife and talk about the 1993 action remake The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, Joe Pants, Joe Pantoliano, Andreas Katsoulis, and Jerowen Krabby. Wow. I am not great with names, guys. <laughs> Kenneth, this movie is incredible. This movie's really good. I cannot believe how well this movie held up. Tommy Lee Jones won an Oscar for this movie. I owned this movie on VHS, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't run that tape <laughs> fucking over and over and over again. Do you still have it on VHS? I'm sure my parents have it somewhere tucked away in some corner that needs to be Marie kondo <laughs> Thank the fugitive for all the times you watched it and enjoyed it, and let it go. <laughs> it still sparks joy, though. <laughs> when I came home, there was a man in my house. I fought with this man. Uh-huh. He had a mechanical arm. Plastic. You find this man. You find this man. How tall is he? he How tall is he? from me. Oh Jesus! What, what do you weigh? God! What color was his hair? What color were his eyes? We can't help you until you help us. Welcome. What color were his eyes? What did he look like? You find this. You find this, man. This is what I love about this movie. This movie is chock full of one of my favorite cinematic tropes, cops that are bad at their job. <laughs> this is like an in, like an, a complete shredding of the Chicago Police Department yeah. at its finest. Yeah. Um... Also, that scene apparently was improv. Like, Harrison Ford didn't know that he was going to be asked these questions. What? They, like, there was something in the trivia where, like, he didn't know what questions they, they were going to oh. ask him. So that it would so come as a surprise. answer them in character? Yeah, and also, like, this movie was being written as it was made. That's why it's such an mm. incredible piece of Mark filmmaking. Mark of a good film. That's right. Um, <laughs> no script. None whatsoever. <laughs> so, Kenna and I, Kenna and I, it's getting harder and harder for me to say Kenna and I. Yeah. I don't know why. <sighs> Kenna and I, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you guys know the drill, but if you're not, if you're new, thank you for joining us this week. This is a podcast about rebooting movies. And so Kenna and I are going to take five characters from this film. We're going to reboot The Fugitive as if it was to be remade today in 2019. But before we do, we're going to get into some reboot news. This is stuff that's actually happening. Let's talk about Candyman. Let's talk about it. <laughs> So there's been some casting news this week. A new Jordan Peele produced reimagining being described as a spiritual sequel, Mm -hmm. which uh, we talked about a few weeks ago. Apparently, two uh, very recently emerging – no, I don't want to say that because the first is Tiona Paris – um, who appeared in If Beale Street Could Talk, as well as, like, she was a madman and Dear White People and Chirac. Like, she's been pretty prolific. The second, though, I think is more recently coming into the limelight. I am not entirely sure if I'm saying this correctly, but Yahya Abdul Mateen. He was in Aquaman as Black Manta, mm-hmm. who I, I don't think I'm I'm scrolling through this article. I don't think they've said who these people are going to play just yet. I think the assumption when Yaya was, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. That's how it looks. Phonetically, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I think the assumption was that he would be Candyman. I think that's what I was gleaming from it as well, that he was going to step in for Tony Todd. Um, Which, I mean, just as a a presence, I think that's excellent Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if you have to come already filled with bees or if they do that i think they do that in post in post so i don't know if he's ready we shall die together in front of their very eyes and give them something to be haunted by come with me and be immortal yeah i don't know what else to say about this movie because we've been talking about it Quite often, and it, it just sort of seems like it's speeding ahead. And yeah. I think everything that we've said before, we're just going to say again, like Jordan Peele producing, um, sort of how it's set up in sort of a modern take. I think it's it's going to – and especially now that Us is sort of – all these trailers are starting to come mm-hmm. out. I think people are going to be excited about this very soon, probably sooner than, than – you know. I, I feel like this movie is going to come out basically in the next podcast and we're going to have to talk about like – 
That's how fast I feel like it's coming. Yeah, out. it's happening. So um, I think this casting is great. I don't know Yaya's work that well. I know he's going to be in us, so I'm excited to see that. The he the, is. Oh no, he is going to be in us. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know exactly who he's playing because you know it's a secret. It's a secret. Yeah, but he's I, done a little bit of stuff. He's going to be in the new Watchmen series. Oh, yeah. I'm so psyched about that. He was in the Greatest Showman, huh? Well, good for him. <laughs> um, okay, anything else on Candyman? I feel like no. Let's quit talking let's about quit it. Talking about Candyman, and let's get into The Fugitive, an incredible piece of action filmmaking that we will start right now, guys. This is a reboot of The Fugitive. Our fugitive has been on the run for ninety minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up in 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. The Fugitive, directed by Andrew Davis, director of such movies as Under Siege and Holes. That was the other movie that popped up on his IMDb. Oh, I love Holes. Uh, Stars Harrison Ford as Dr. Richard Kimball. Tommy Lee Jones as Agent... Agent? What's his title? Lieutenant? Deputy Deputy U.S. Marshal. As Deputy U.S. Marshal Samuel Gerard. Jerowyn Crabble as Dr. Charles Nichols. Joe Pantoliano as Cosmo Renfro. And Andreas Katsoulis as Sykes, the one-armed man. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you a weird story? A, yes. a, a funny anecdote? As long as it's funny. <laughs> of course. I would never I would never bore you, Kenna. <laughs> so you say that now. M- my girlfriend and I were dog sitting for some friends, and our friends had this weird like trivia game, and in the game there was like a movie section. So my girlfriend and I are playing this game, and she gets this question, and I go. In what movie does Harrison Ford play Dr. Richard Kimball? And with all seriousness, my girlfriend looks at me and goes, Indiana Jones. (laughs) And I say, (laughs) and I say, who do you think Indiana Jones is then? Who do you think plays Indiana Jones? If Harrison Ford (laughs) is playing Dr. Richard Kimball in Indiana Jones. She had not. Okay, so I don't think she's seen any Indiana Jones movies, but she also hadn't seen this, and we watched this together, and she loved this movie. This movie is so. So who good. did she think Indiana Jones was? I don't know. I think in her mind she thought that he was both Doctor Richard Kimball and Doctor Henry Jones at the like same time. She thought that they were. It was his like. Alter ego. I think she just thought that they were the same character. She's also the the girl who thought that Iron Man 2 was Sherlock Holmes 1. <laughs> so I'm not going to begrudge her for, you know, any of this. But I just thought that was a hilarious story oh, that I wanted also to Also insert the clip of Sean Connery saying, we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, <laughs> Dana should be a guest on our podcast I actually, sometime. I actually think – I was thinking about that because she's she's much better at making fun of the movie than I am. And and it, it sometimes it hurts. It's It hurts. <laughs> sometimes it's hard. You're like, let me show you my favorite movie. And she's like, this piece this of crap? piece of shit? She's got jokes, man. Okay. Um, where do we start about this movie? This movie, obviously <clears throat> a remake of a, a very successful television show. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? Um, I love this movie – I honestly, I feel like I've seen U.S. Marshals more times than I've seen U.S. Marshals being sort of a sequel to this movie in which Tommy Lee Jones plays the same character just in a different story. I've never saw it. Apparently it's terrible, though. See, I I need to watch it again because I don't remember it being terrible. Um, Yeah, this movie is phenomenal. It's filled with lots of little surprises like Jane Lynch. Oh, yeah. Um, like there's a guy in a in rollerblades in a hospital. <laughs> um, Tommy Lee Jones, scary smile. A Greek family being torn apart by drugs. Julianne Moore being credited for a movie she's not in. 
Apparently she was in it a lot more. And then they, they decided that like giving Richard Kimball a new love interest during the time he's like trying to solve his wife's murder was, didn't, was a not going idea was not going to play well with a lot of audiences. Um, I kind of miss this kind of Harrison Ford, the kind of, I don't know, grizzled action guy. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing now. I, I think he's just, think oh, he's he, doing Indiana Jones again. He's a little, so he'll be able to play Dr. Richard Kimball again. He's a little bit, um, he's a little bit lost his mojo. Yeah. Which I think just comes with like a general exhaustion from the industry. Yeah. And there was a time when like he killed every single role he yeah. did. And, and, and you know, the numerous plane crashes also probably. Yeah. Don't help. I've ever told you that story I heard one time from someone who used to work at, I want to say Skydance. It was somebody used to have a um, their offices in a hangar at the Santa Monica airport. And their hangar was right next to Harrison Ford's hangar where he keeps his plane. And this assistant uh, that I that I worked with at one point said that he uh, would come over and steal their snacks all the time because he, he likes to uh, – he likes to dabble in some uh, some mara marijuana. You can say marijuana; it's legal now. Uh, can we? Um, so he's like hungry all the time. So he would come get snacks from their like crafty supply. Uh-huh. And she said one time he came to a party, brought his own mug of coffee with him. At one point, dropped the mug. It broke at his feet, and he just looked at it and like looked around and left the party. <laughs> So I think he is—he just really doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. But when he did care, phenomenal every yeah. time. Air Force One, incredible. Yeah. Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, incredible. Witness. Uh, I'm I'm on the fence on Witness. You know what okay. movie I loved him in? What Lies Beneath. I've never seen that. Oh, for a <laughs> horror person, you got to watch that. That movie is amazing. Um. Well, let's – OK. The Fugitive. Um, again, more shitty cops who didn't do their job and because of that, poor Dr. Richard Kimball loses everything he has. Yeah. They didn't even try to find this man. They were just like, it's impossible no. that there's a one-armed man who's real. So why did Richard Kimball kill his wife? He did it for the money. What do you mean he did it for the money? He's a doctor. He's already rich. Well, she was more rich. Like, like he would make that up as a believable lie. Right. That's something that we say now as like, oh, yeah, really? You really did that? But it, like in the moment, it'd be like, you should take his word. You should take this man of honor and science and, you know, who saves lives, his word that there may or may not have been a third person in that house. Yeah. I mean, I get it because in general, when a woman is murdered, you should always first assume the husband did it. Mm-hmm. Just just assume it first. But if they did a little bit of searching and investigating, they would have figured out that it wasn't true. This is what I'm uh, weirdly confused. So they're at a party and they're driving home and he gets a call that he has to go back to the hospital. hospital. So she goes home. She sort of sets out like kind of a like romantic night for them. So he's in surgery and then on his way home, someone enters his house. So he is home when that guy is like bashing his wife's head in, right? Like he... He's placed at the scene because if not, that's some really bad police work. Yeah, I think it is that like the time of death and when him getting home is indecipherable. Okay. So they're not like, oh, the timing doesn't match up because it's not like that's not a big deal. But yeah. like they can place him home at the time of the attack. But that videotape, the the voicemail message to 911. Yeah. That's what that'll do. You know what I loved about this? If only uh, she had been smarter in that death rattle. Right. None of this would have happened. If only she was like. It's her fault. He's trying to kill me, dot, dot, dot. Richard, dot, dot, dot. That was just me calling out <laughs> to my husband. It's someone else. Please, if, was, if someone should hear this, I don't want you to be confused. Right. That I'm accusing. Right. Him. I did love in the brief moment where we see Dr. Richard Kimball being transferred from prison to the bus. Uh-huh. And then you realize that he's made a lot of friends in jail. Like he's doing okay. <laughs> he's a good guy. Everybody good likes guy. him. Um, well, let's start with let's start with old Harrison Ford here. I guess I guess the word most is relentless. But there's also some kind of like for Richard Kimball when he gets the window to go and like, you know, escape the prison system and go mm-hmm. f- find out the truth. I did – there is something though like kind of 
charming about him, his like sort of oafishness as he's like moving around the city. Like when he goes to the hospital, the first hospital to like clean up and he's like shoving the old man's food in. So it was it was kind of fun to find an actor who could maybe play these these new flavors, these different flavors. Because yeah. it's a thing of like he's a doctor and for that reason, he's smart enough to know what to do, but also like he's not the kind of person who knows exactly what to do as yeah. like a an escaped criminal. Mm-hmm. Walter, this is Richard. Richard, Jesus, why did you run? Running, running makes you look guilty. I wasn't worried about appearances, Walter. Tell me where you are so I can come meet you and you can turn yourself in. I'm not going to turn myself in. I need help. I need money. I mean, he's on death row. He got the death penalty. I know. Which, I mean, if he had done it, I would have been like, string him up. <laughs> but he didn't. Um, who wants to go first? Me? I'm just going to not talk so it seems like you're just like, should I go? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> okay. Um, so for my Richard Kimball, I wanted to pick a actor who is – I don't think is at the level that Harrison is. I think he's just getting to where Harrison – Harrison Ford was 51 when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Crazy. This man is sort of probably 10 years behind, but sort of maybe in a similar place. Um, I went with Chadwick Boseman. Interesting. How old is Chadwick? 41. He's he was oh. 10 years – he's 10 years younger than okay. Harrison was at the time of this movie. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But I find him to be like highly intelligent. You yes. know, someone who would – do everything in his power to like outsmart the system, to outsmart mm-hmm. Gerard and someone who, you know, people want to root for, who would have you know, like friends and still in the medical community who would like help him out. And I just think that like he, I mean, he's n- probably a household name in, a, in many yeah. houses that have like young now. kids. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's who I went with. It's like sort of a big star who could sort of take on this, this um, iconic role. Not as iconic as Indiana Jones, played by whoever, <laughs> whoever else. But um, yeah, that's who, so that's who I went with. Interesting. I don't know why I'm a little taken aback by it. I think because I didn't expect you to go young-ish. Mm. He's 40. That's not exactly young. But um, I mean, and honestly, it, it's ancient. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree that like you just have to pick someone who is who is – believable as a doctor but also entirely believable as someone with enough street smarts to successfully take them from point a to point b during this mission that they're on yeah um yeah i think that's a smart choice especially for someone who has just recently broken out into a major like action franchise yeah you could evade police capture (laughs) that's what we're asking for um i feel like I, as a uh, North Star for my choice, I really love the opening interrogation scene. I think it's an impressive piece of acting Mm -hmm. from Harrison Ford because he's so worked up in a way that feels so real and not like acting that it's kind of incredible. Financially, you're not going to be hurting after this then, are you? I mean, she was worth quite a bit of money. Are you suggesting that I killed my wife? You saying that I crushed her skull and that I shot her? How dare you? It's incredible. I just said that twice. If I say it a fifth time, Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> but he's filled with Harrison Ford. So I picked an actor who has made an impressive dramatic term in the past five years and who I think, d- despite not necessarily being someone that we consider a, a an actiony actor necessarily, I think would give a really honest performance and would be fun to watch go on this journey. Yeah. I picked Matthew McConaughey. Hmm. Has Matthew McConaughey done an action movie? No, he made his entrance into a uh, mainstream film. I think mostly as like a romantic comedy guy. Yeah. It's like indie guy, then rom-com. And then it was sort of like, Drama, heavy drama, heavy mm-hmm. drama, heavy drama. Like the idea of watching Matthew McConaughey run through the forest, <laughs> like it doesn't sit well with me. But I don't – there's no reason for him not to be in this movie. Wait. Reign of Fire is Rain an of Fire. Yes. Movie. Yeah. That's on our list too. Yeah. I like Reign of Fire. I do like Reign of Fire. So maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe this is definitely – yes. Okay. 
All right. That we're going to just hold on to that. He did Reign of Fire. He did Reign of Fire. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great pick. Of course. McConaughey. Which is interesting because, you know, the titular role is the fugitive, but arguably the biggest character. The hero is Dr. Richard Kimball. The franchise, <laughs> Samuel, Samuel Gerard. Gerard. You think I should have bargained with that guy? I do. You could have missed. You could have killed me. Yeah. Can you hear what I'm saying now? Yeah. I don't bargain. Played by Tommy Lee Jones, famously quoted as saying, no one's winning awards in this one, and then proceeded to <laughs> win an, an award Oscar. for this one. He won the highest award in the industry. <laughs> and then went on to, you know, make a sequel for his character, which is kind of crazy. How do you think <clears throat> about this? Okay, so I, um, I decided to go in a different direction with my Samuel Gerard. Um, because ultimately, I think what makes Tommy Lee Jones so interesting in the part is that he walks a line of humor and intimidation yeah. that works. Because when you think about it, like I think about like Men in Black <laughs> and I'm like in so many ways, like that character is similar to this one. Mm -hmm. And that I think like he plays a man with a heavy job, a serious job, but he has a lot of fun with it. Cause that's just who he is. Yeah. And so I wanted to pick someone who could bring a levity to the part, but also be an authority for this team that he is clearly mentoring and bringing up and bringing together. And, um, yeah. So I picked Sandra Bullock. Hmm. Okay. Mostly because I think that, she suits this very well, and I would love to see her in that, like, showdown moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting in the water now. I'm, putting, I'm dipping my toe in the tub. It's 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 warm. Okay. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I think – yeah, continue because I, I, I think I'm going to agree with what you're about to say. The confrontation in the dam. Yes. When they're making their way to the end of the dam. That is such an iconic moment of who their characters are. And it's during the time when Tommy Lee Jones still doesn't even know. Like his job at this point is to just capture an escaped criminal. He doesn't, as he says, he doesn't care about what he's doing. But it's it just perfectly encapsulates who they are. There's just a certain like almost like whimsy to his response. I think that that line is the best character descriptive line in mm -hmm. any movie i didn't kill my wife i don't care it shows kimball that he is going to be hunted for as long as he's out yeah it's the moment that kimball realizes that he can't negotiate his way out of this yeah so he's gonna have to keep running until he either gets caught or until he finds the truth and sandra bullock i think is a great choice. Now that I'm fully in the hot tub here with with the suggestion, mm -hmm. I really like it. I am sort of thinking about McConaughey and them together. Then I immediately would start thinking like, <laughs> is there a chance that this does no, like dovetail into a romance? No. But it does it have to? I know, but I think that's a I think that's a really um off the wall pick that's that actually kind of really works for me. So, um, well, I'm so glad it works for you. Yeah, because if it wasn't, I would flip this table over <laughs> right now and I would storm out and I would say, never again with your asinine picks, your actors who don't make sense. The thing is, he can cut this out and yeah. you guys would never know that I am trapped. <laughs> I am fully abusing my power over you. Um, I picked a man. That seems pretty in the box. Okay. Um, this to me just screamed Michael Shannon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I feel like I don't need to explain myself. I feel like people listening are also nodding their heads. Admittedly, probably a first choice, but still, I think still a strong one. Yeah. You don't have to dive into it too much unless you hate it, unless you think it's too contrived or anything. But. I mean, it's interesting that – I think when I started casting, I almost slotted him into the Richard Kimball slot because I was like, it's easy to say, I think, that he would be the sort of antagonist 
to Kimball's protagonist, which arguably this movie does the thing where, yeah. you know, one e- they are each other's antagonists. Yeah. But I think that challenged me more because I was like, oh, what if he wasn't just the the sort of angry cop type? Yeah. Um, But he does that so well. I know. And it's almost like central casting at this point that for him to be yeah. the agent of strict, rigid rules. What what do we think would really put him out of his comfort zone? Because here's the thing. He's a funny guy. He, he could do comedy. Guy. But we know he can do also very heavy drama. I think family comedy. <laughs> like a like a Mr. Mom would be maybe. Wow. I mean, truly, we don't make movies like that anymore. No. No. I mean, musical always shakes me up. So I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming Michael Shannon <laughs> probably couldn't sing a lick. But maybe. I don't know. Maybe. He's probably listening. What about like, a sci-fi? They don't think I can. Well, he's done. Um, Has he done a science fiction? No, but he's done Superman, which is sort oh, yeah. of in that. Yeah, that counts. Played yeah. an alien. Yeah. Okay. As we know, aliens equals science fiction. Um, shall we move to Dr. Charles Nichols? Sure. The man behind it all. Um, this is how I kind of approach my... Charles Nichols. The more I watched this movie, mm-hmm. the more I wanted to just keep it exactly the same. <laughs> okay. Um, I loved how Dr. Nichols was this weird European actor who mm-hmm. was just really like – he always, he just comes in with the face of a friend and then you realize that he's just, you know, this slimy, you know, murderer. Yeah. Uh, in the pocket of Big Pharma. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Richard Kimball doesn't feel well. Obviously, so... You changed the samples, didn't you, huh? And the pathology reports. Did you kill Lentz, too, huh? And so I had... Which, weird turn. Very like This weird whole turn. thing is about... Um, 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 I'm just going to say um for three minutes. You're trying to think of the drug name? <laughs> no, but that it's about, like, a drug testing scam? Scheme? Yeah, like they're they're going through trials for this medicine and yes. Kimball was the one who was like, these liver samples are bad. You can't sell this drug. Yeah. And then you find out Nichols ended up on the board of directors of that company and stood to lose a lot of money from it. Um, what is the name of the drug? Oh, I cannot remember. Because he's like, so you could sell your... Provasic. <laughs> he's just so like... <laughs> ah. Um, He's a doctor. Yeah. Um, So I have been thinking about this actor for quite some time since I watched him in uh, a movie last year. Um, I've been sort of saving him and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to empty the chamber with him. I picked – I'm not sure how to pronounce it because he's also a foreign actor. Matthias Schroenertz from Red Sparrow. You know what's odd is I I somehow knew you were going to say him. (laughs) Is that weird? Yeah. When you said like European actor in my head, I was like, I wonder if he is going to say. I think it's uh, – I don't – Because it looks like Matthias, but there's an H in there. I think it might be Matthias. Matthias Schroenertz. S-C-H-O-E-N-A-E-R-T-S. He played Jennifer Lawrence's uncle in Red Sparrow, the sort of creepy Russian government agent who like forces his niece into doing these creepy, weird, sexy spy shit. Um, but yeah, I just thought he do. was – I just thought he was amazing in that and I want – so that's I, – I gave him this Dr. Charles Nichols role, the guy who's like, who could be your friend but then is literally going to kill everything you love. Like he, he yeah. like nothing's going to stand in his way. I think he's great. I I think I've only seen him in, what was that movie called? With Carrie Mulligan, Far From the Madding Crowd. And he plays like a sexy farmer. <laughs> I'm saying that as if he's, if he plays like a stripper version of a farmer. I just mean he is a farmer, but he also happens to be very sexy. Right. Um, and I think he's really charming, um, which, I mean, ultimately works for him yeah. because we just have to believe most of all when they first come in, you're you're fully on board because he's like, you're never going to catch him. He's smarter than you. And he definitely didn't kill his wife. Yeah. Richard is innocent. And you'll never find him. He's too smart. We're smart guys. Yeah, I mean, what about us? Last time I looked. Yeah, we're smart. We are. I mean, how smart could he be, really? <laughs> Is he as smart as you are? Smarter. 
And so you're like, oh, well, this guy's just a really good friend. Well, turns out he knows that he didn't kill his wife because he hired the one-armed man. That's right. You don't have to watch this movie. We'll just describe it to you. Um, I think I also wanted to pick a similar type, not European, Mm -hmm. but just entirely charming from the get-go so that it'll come at you sideways that his intentions are not... What they appear to be? What they appear to be. I picked Corey Stoll. Yep, I thought about him. Of Ant-Man, of House of Cards, of The Strain, of so many things. If none of those things uh, struck a chord with you, you've seen something with him in it. He kind of plays an eviler version of this character in like Ant-Man, in the first Ant-Man where he's like... Yeah, a little more outright. A little more outright, but... Um, yeah, I, I definitely thought about him. I, I, I love Corey Stoll. He was in first man and Mm -hmm. I thought he was great in that because it was, it was, he played Buzz Aldrin and he was really, I thought it was like kind of a departure from what he generally does. Mm -hmm. Also, I was a big fan of the strain, not so much a big fan of the wig they made him wear, (laughs) but, uh, I, I really enjoyed him in that too. I think he's fantastic, though. He does a lot of different stuff, which is exciting because I don't see him as any one type of actor. But, yeah, I agree. Like, you see him in First Man and he ends up being the sort of um, face because he's the guy who who has more of a uh, charismatic personality. And... You believe it. You're like, yeah. yeah, this guy could this guy could sell me anything and I'd believe it and be shocked when it turns out he's an absolute monster. How about the balls on Dr. Nichols when he's being interrogated by uh, the U.S. Marshals and they're like, when was the last time you saw Kimball? And he was like, this morning. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he came to the club. When did you see him last? Oh, Richard. Yeah. Okay. I saw Richard this morning. What? You saw him this morning? He stopped me in my car. I gave him some money. Did he ask you for help? I volunteered. You wouldn't accept that. I would have been like, arrest him for obstruction of justice and aiding and abetting a criminal. Like, it's true, because he's job. like, I gave him whatever I had I on me. I gave him money to, to survive, to get out there. It's true. They just kind of let him go. Yeah, like, Gerard just laughs at how funny it is to him. And it's just like, um, that's a crime. Yeah. Anyways, I think we can keep going to Cosmo Renfro, played by Joe Pantoliano, whose name I have just learned right now. <laughs> I have never been able to pronounce his last name. But you just did it. Ever, 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 ever. I'm always like Pantoliano. Like I'm, I just massacre his name constantly. You did it. I just say Joey Pants. Thank you. Joey Pants. Um... Is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay, so I went with a little out-of-the-box choice for this, but I picked someone who, because I think I like, what I like about the relationship they have, because we really just picked one of this team members. Yeah. Um, and Cosmo seems maybe a little more like his right-hand man than anybody else. Yeah. Um, He's also the most famous, which I think sometimes we do, because we're just like, eh, we don't know who these other people are. Uh, but if that was the case, we should have recast Julianne Moore, who was not really in this movie. Um, what I like about their relationship is that everyone on his team, they all sort of play around with each other. They get each other. It's a very fun environment, even though they're doing very serious things, because that's just what they do. And so I kind of wanted to pick someone who has a comedic sensibility, who is also a great um, dramatic actress, um, who I think it would be fun to see her as someone who Gerard is clearly trying yeah. to sort of train up and bring up. Please say Melissa McCarthy and just reunite <laughs> that heat team. Just get them back in there. Um, so I went with an actress by the name of Michaela Cole, who, if you saw her series that she wrote and starred in, Chewing Gum, um, she's a British actress. She's also appeared in Black Mirror. And more recently, I feel like she's been doing a lot more drama. How do you spell her name? The typical spelling of Michaela. M-A-K. No, Michael with an A. Michael with an A. Michael and then an A at the end. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah, but Cole spell weird, so you didn't tell me about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Black Mirror episode. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think she's phenomenal and exciting to watch, and I would love to see her do this a little more out of the box for her and for us, Mm -hmm. Um, just because I think it would be fun to have two 
really like funny, interesting women having that working relationship of like the work friends who just get each other's because uh, like there's that point where they're in the uh, sort of base camp by the train wreck. And Gerard is like telling Cosmo to get a bunch of um, phone taps. And he's like, are you kidding me? Nobody's going to authorize phone taps. Okay, we're going to start right there. I want phone taps. We're going to start with his lawyer first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're never going to get that. You call Judge Rubin. You tell him I want a whole bunch of phone taps. Why are you and I'll me? call him up later and what? tell him on who if I'm in a good Why mood. Why you yell at her sometime? And it's stuff like that that I was like, man, let's just have a little fun with this. Yeah. I know her very little, mainly the USS McAllister episode of Black Mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see it. I would like to see her in other stuff. I would like to see her in, in, I guess, chewing gum is the thing I need to watch now. Hopefully I can see more of her. I'm going to take your word for it, like, in terms of the humor and the performance. Um, You will. I will. So, okay. I I also – I also picked – a female actress who generally I have not really enjoyed her work hmm. until recently. Okay. And the reason that I tipped her in this is because I th- – one, I think – well, people know who she is. So it's sort of like another famous face to put on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Cosmo is number two to Gerard. Yeah. But I don't think they're really that far off. Like I feel like this team is – Pretty close, with the exception of that one guy who who Gerard saves by shooting the guy behind the wall. Newman. Newman. They feel like they've all been working together for a couple of years, and that they they have like so they're sort of like in sync. So I wanted to pick an actress who I thought could like hold her own in this scenario, and has done a lot of action shoot 'em ups. Um, I end up going with Michelle Rodriguez, who I've never really been a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't watch a lot of Fast and Furious movies, but. Well, that's a choice. That is a choice. But I loved her in Widows. Like, I was so into her, mm-hmm. like, the whole, even, like, the weird dress storyline that was in that movie. Like, I, I just sort of saw her as someone who would be dedicated mm-hmm. to the job of finding Kimball and, like, you know, feel the frustrations of, of having to work for Gerard yeah. a little bit. As well. She's not as fun. I don't know her comedy chops, but like, yeah, that's who I went with. I don't know. Probably probably my, my weakest pick. But. No, I think that's a good choice because there's something about this that really suits her. Yeah. And that – not that I think she can't, but I, I don't in general see her as a leading woman. And I – but I can see her as being a really strong sidekick. Yeah. And so I, I like this notion that she is the sort of like – tough reliable person that gerard can uh can always count on like the scene that kind of sticks out to me that for why i picked her is the scene when gerard and cosmo are in the hospital mm-hmm. after um kimball saves the little boy's life and they start thinking like do you actually believe like like why they're like why would kimball come back to this hospital why does he keep coming back to hospitals and then they bump into the guy the, the amputee who has like a fake arm and they're mm-hmm. like, you don't think that he's actually doing this. And they kind of – this tracking shot of them both kind of following the guy to the prosthetics department. That to me was really like these two are both kind of bloodhounds. It's mm-hmm. like Gerard definitely has the higher status I guess. But like they both know how to like really dig into a lead and they both are really kind of figuring it out together. So I, I wanted someone who could be a little more of an equal. And so that's, yeah. that's why I went with. Um, great. All right, so we move on to Sykes, the one-armed man. Sykes. This morning, a fugitive named Richard Kimball made a telephone call from this apartment. The doctor who killed his wife, right? Kept blaming somebody for it, somebody with a prosthetic limb. What are you telling me? He's coming after me? Does he have a reason to come after you? Well, hell yes, I have a prosthetic arm. I must have murdered his wife, right? Played by Andreas Katsoulis, who I haven't recognized from other movies. I think he's in a Star Trek movie or he was in Star Trek, one of the Star Trek shows. Um, I mean, sort of a character actor. I have a general character question. Yes. And honestly, I'm not sure. Do we feel like – because at one point he's fighting with Sykes and he pulls his arm almost off. It like gets caught up in his shirt sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like do we think that he could overpower Harrison Ford? With one arm? Yeah. I don't know. I, I... – I think maybe there's supposed to be some unspoken like brute strength that the guy has. Uh-huh. 
that he also takes Kimball by surprise, maybe as well. Yeah. I mean, Kimball was at this like sort of well, no, because I was gonna say that Kimball was at this gala, so I was like, oh, maybe he's drinking, but then he drives later. Maybe. And then he performs surgery later. So he has all of his faculties pretty sharp, right? At least we hope. Right. Um so I don't know. I think maybe probably not, unless there's supposed to be some sort of like crazy upper body strength that or maybe he used it as a weapon and we didn't see like he uses the like hard plastic to I don't know. I'm reaching. Swing is yeah, just whomp. Um which you know, delicate question. It's not to say that an amputee is a strong <laughs> Handy individual. Now. Yeah, Handy like capable. it's just. I mean, Harrison Ford's curious. not a god. He's he was fifty one in this. You know what I mean? Like it's two middle aged men kind <laughs> of sort of wrestling on the ground. So you never really know. Um. Okay. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. It's my turn. Okay. It's not my turn. <laughs> um. So I I search around for an actor like. Um, an actor that I, I knew their work, an actor who I, I wanted an actor who could be like creepy, who could play Sykes as the guy who's like, what is going on here? Like if the cops show up, he's like, I already been through this a hundred times with you guys. But who also could be like pretty fucking scary if you were mm-hmm. on like alone on a subway car and he's just like coming to kill you. And it's interesting that you mentioned The Strain because I picked Kevin Durand oh, from The Strain. Yeah. Not to be confused with basketball player Kevin Durant. <laughs> Guys, this is Kevin Durand. You know him. Um, he's also in Smoke and Aces. He was also in that really bad uh, YA sci-fi, I Am Number 4. He was in some – what else was he in? He was in the bad Wolverine movie, a.k.a. X-Men Origins Wolverine. He played the blob. A.k.a. all of those movies? You didn't like Logan? I don't count that. as I didn't see Logan, but uh. I don't typically count that. Interesting. Yeah, he's done a lot. I I know yeah. him. I right. like him. Right. He's. Like, I can't exactly put my finger on why. You why? Know? Yeah. That's like why, why I. Why I'm like yeah he but like as a presence yes he'd be good. That reaction is kind of why I love this pick because it's my own pick. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> wow. Because he has like this. He's a he's a character actor that you're just like I know him somewhere. Yeah. But then like you don't really recognize him from anything which i think is a really funny trait to give someone who plays sykes it's you're 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 like he seems like we should know that he's the guy who did it but for some reason it's not all adding up like on the surface anyways we're sort of watching it like he definitely did it and then the cops show up and they're like i don't know seems kind of shifty but whatever and you're like and he did it can we also talk about how this guy keeps going on like tropical vacations with all these like doctors Doctors, yeah (laughs) he's very connected how did they not figure any of this out do you have any idea why richard kimball would be interested in these photographs no well uh, where were they taking it geez that's a big fish cancun mexico it was a junket that the company paid for for some doctors. Kimball go with you? You don't see him in the pictures, do you? And they go like big fish game, like like they go like fishing, and they catch these like giant marlins. I love the idea of it being called big game fishing. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, <laughs> but it's like they catch these giant fishes, and he has like photographs. By the way, remember like hard photos that were in little like yeah little booklets? sleeves that you got from the drugstore. But like every photo is like him with another doctor. Here's me with all my famous doctor friends, and I'm like, what are you going? What are you doing with your your and you're off time. It's so strange. It's so it's so many easy clues to connect that you're like, they must have been drunk. Like, why didn't they? Bad police work. They what? didn't want to think it wasn't was there? Him. There's also a, a thread, though, that he was a former cop, right? Yeah. So, like, maybe the police just looked the other way because they were bad at their mm. job in this movie. <laughs> we should do a movie about good, well-trained policemen. Mm. Police Academy. <laughs> Oh, what's end of watch? Oh, end of watch, yeah. I mean, that's recent, but it's it's sad and and beautiful. Um, I I went in a different direction, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, I think just because I wanted to pick someone who seems like someone who, um, who seems like someone who maybe after they had been in some sort of accident, they had to quit police work, and is now doing security, and and maybe he's not doing so well, so he would pick up a job like this. Yeah. And so maybe it's someone we're a little suspicious of almost immediately when he's brought up. 
But um, I don't know. I think he's just I think he's a really good actor. And so it would be interesting to see instead of maybe the sort of almost too big reaction that we get from Sykes where he's like, what's all this then? Like, it's a little more like, why are you in my house? I didn't do anything. And I'll punch (laughs) you. Like. Like Bluto from Popeye. The more I talk, the more uncomfortable I'm getting. <laughs> anyway, I picked Scoot McNary. Huh? Um, There's someone named Scoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, who I True Detective season yeah, three. True Detective. He was season phenomenal three. in that. Um, I haven't made it most of the way, but he has done so much. He's good in almost everything. Yeah. Um, he was an Argo. And he's so reliable. I feel like he is the sort of character actor that when you see him, you'll be like, what's up with this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I thought he was incredible in True Detective, which was arguably fine, in my opinion. I've only made it like four episodes in, so I'm kind of reserving judgment. I, but... thought, I thought the penultimate episode was great, and then the finale was um, – it was just okay. But I mm. thought his performance as like the dad of the kid, the missing kids. Oh man, it's heartbreaking. It's so good. He's so good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm bummed that you got to pick him so so soon because I was just like, oh, I'm gonna save him for later. And now you just you just swooped in, swooped swooped in. Yep. You scooted in. His name is Scoot McNary. Get it? Scoot. <laughs> Scoot. <laughs> I tried for so long not to laugh. Um, yeah, we did it. Great. Great job. Oh, man. I just want to watch this movie again. Whoa. It's so good. Big fan. All right. Uh, let's find out where Barry Pepper goes, guys. Where does Barry Pepper go? I mean, there's so many opportunities for Barry Pepper to be a cop in this movie. Yes, but they all stink, which is why I put him as Dr. Wayland played by, um, what's her name? Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Yes. Okay. Uh, Barry Pepper does not deserve to be any one of these incompetent <laughs> Chicago police police people. Like the subway thing where they think he shot the cop. It's like there's also a guy arrested there. Yeah. Who is a one armed man. Like yeah. they are not putting together the full picture. Also, witnesses saw what happened. So why are they all like hot for Doctor Kimball, assuming he's good? like just bad police work all around, all around. All around, all around, all around. The cop in the hospital who's literally holding a picture of Dr. Kimball and is like, hey, doc, have you seen this guy before? And he's like, every time I look in the mirror, buddy. And then he walks out. It's like, yeah, because that was him. You dunce. Go get him. (laughs) Scathing indictment of the Chicago police. From this movie. Um, Okay. I cast him as Detective Kelly, one of the (laughs) – one of the cops, one of the detectives who puts him away. See, this movie is so funny because it definitely pits the police against the medical community. Like, all the doctors <laughs> get it. Every doctor knows that Richard Kimball is innocent. Even the bad one. Even the one who murdered yeah. his wife. Well, yeah, because he knows he got... But if you ever work... <laughs> like, if you were a character that worked in a hospital, mm-hmm. you believe Dr. Kimball. If you're a cop, if you're a street cop... You're aiming to kill, like that's, or you're shooting to kill. But I think more so it pits, um, like Chicago PD against the U.S. Marshal's office. Sure, they're the buffer. They're the in between who's trying to sort it all out. Yeah, but it's just like I just love how the medical community figures out, like they even figure out the conspiracy. Well, I guess because they have all the liver samples. Yeah, but he has to put it together. Nobody yeah. else was doing anything about it. They were like, he's innocent, but. There must be something we can't do. Right. Um, great 90s opening graphics. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about that. Actually, those were really cool. <laughs> Ford. Oh, it was like, do, 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 Harrison Ford. It was cool. Do, 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 do. I'll say this. I think my favorite character in this movie is the dummy that they threw off that spillway. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, he's supposed to swan dive and then the dummy's like, Wee! The dummy's leg is just like. completely unnaturally bending i love the great sexy 90s thriller jazz that that scored this movie it's all like it was uh james newton howard yeah but that that sexy sort of like tonal jazz that was like made on a casio keyboard is just so good james newton howard does a sexy soundtrack yes i mean think about unbreakable the unbreakable soundtrack 
slaps. And he didn't have to go that hard. But you know when that beat picks up, you're like, why don't I hear this in the clubs? <laughs> um, I also really like the sort of weird – we sort of talked about him. I like this weird like D story of how Newman becomes a good cop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets to keep his ponytail. Yeah, I liked the part where he's like, don't let him make fun of you because of your ponytail. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> um, I didn't buy that Richard literally read an entire atlas of prosthetic medicine in like a night, but then struggled to search through 21 possible suspects and needed to like continue to cut it down to five. He's like, I don't have time for 21. I only his have time for five. life is on the line. It's just like, come on, man. Life. Anyways, that was the only thing that I was like – I don't buy it. <laughs> Would you remake this movie? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I guess because this one's too good. Does nah. it become untouchable? Nah. Is this movie – well, here's the funny thing. I was going to say is this movie like one of those rewatchable movies if it's on, you watch it. But like I haven't seen it in years. So it's like how come this isn't getting the replay that like Shawshank gets or – Yeah. Um, because it is <clears throat> one of those movies where like if it's on, you're you're more than happy to sit through – yeah. Half of it. I would probably take this back to its roots and make it a TV show. Interesting. It would be a great sort of like limited series. Yeah. Escaped convict. Yeah. New story. Somebody do this and not Ryan Murphy. Somebody just make like an anthology series of like a sort of true detective, but about escaped criminals yeah. every. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, here I am pitching a show again out into the world. All our ideas are free, guys. All our ideas are free. I mean, nobody's buying, so <laughs> have at it. Um, okay, that's it? Yeah. That's it. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our future episodes, our past episodes. Please rate and subscribe. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on social media, at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us individually because I don't care, at Kenna Trent and at Flimby. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Today. Why can't they die of blue the other 364 days of the year?